0: But this is really exciting. Would you be interested in growing your own food if you could do it all indoors? What if you could do it with 90% less space and 98% less water because the water is constantly on recirculate? What if you could do it three times faster than growing your food outside? And what if the yields were an average of 30% more than food grown outside? Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey, everyone. I am Robin Openshaw. They call me the green smoothie girl online the last 16 years, and I want to share something really cool with you today. This is totally going to be worth your time. It is something I've been having so much fun with the last two months, and it's how to garden. But doing it vertically and doing it indoors. This is something that anybody can do. And I can't wait to get started and show you how very fun this is. First of all, I'll start with why I grow my own food. And I wanna encourage you to do the same. This is kind of my story of why. Uh, This is obviously a very old picture. That little boy holding the puppy is turning 23. Very soon and is six foot four. But some of my reasons why I want to grow my own food are that I'm responsible for these people. I brought these four people into the world. I want to be there for them. My own grandmother was a huge part of my life. So when my children have children, I want to have the impact on them that my grandmother had on me. And one of the greatest things that my grandmother taught me was the power of nutrition. She grew her own food. My grandparents owned the Romney Produce Company and distributed produce all over the Southwest United States. But I figured out a long time ago that the medical industrial complex wasn't serving me very well. Pharma wasn't serving me very well. I was very sick. And when I took responsibility for my own health, I got well. And so the healthy half of my life has been the second half of my life now that I'm 56. And one of the things that I learned in my journey that I now teach other people every day is that fresh produce is the key to disease prevention. If there's one food category that I just can't live without, it's greens and vegetables and fruits. And so I've been teaching people to drink a quart a day of green smoothie for 16 years now online. Actually longer than that, teaching at local classes and we would have standing room only classes when nobody had ever heard of such a thing. But I also feel really strongly that smart people right now in the climate that we're in will also focus on preparedness and learn to be more food independent. I also just love helping people. And my career, my whole life has been in helping people as a psychotherapist. I did. I taught at Brigham Young University. Um, Teaching is just a great joy to me. Um, I'm the author of 16 books, love my career as a green smoothie girl. And of course, as a full-time mom too, I enjoy helping and teaching others. Another really profound aspect of this is that I saw the impact on my children of them being involved in growing our food. They actually know where food comes from. So something I'll ask you is to consider whether your children, whether your grandchildren, if you have them know where their food comes from. It is so incredibly powerful when they have a hand in growing their own food. I also think that the world's changing pretty rapidly right now. And like the parable of the 10 virgins in the Bible, remember only one of them was prepared. I think it's not wise to wait till the last minute to prepare. We saw what could happen to supply chains. We saw how quickly the world could change in 2020. And so I think we would be really smart to... Get your learning curve over with now. Get your first crop growing vertically now. And then it's like riding a bicycle. It's easy, you have constant influx of incredibly nutrient-dense foods that you can just go pluck and put on the plate or pluck and put in the blender. And finally, my last why is that it's actually really fun. I've been having so much fun with it. Now, this is my husband, John. And as you can see, uh, he was very excited the day that he put what looked like a rocket ship together. That's him out on our screen porch. We call them a lanai here in Florida. I didn't even know that word till we moved here two and a half years ago, but um, he was very excited to have put it all together. He's not necessarily naturally the most handy guy ever. So he was very proud of himself that he could follow the instructions and get it going. I was very, very excited too. So you can call it tower garden, um, but I call it my green smoothie tower. I just read a book called Dopamine Nation, and it was about all the ways that people chase dopamine. And the author, whose name is Dr. Anna Lemke, says that dopamine is actually as fundamental to human survival as necessary as food and water are, and how dopamine is that feel good neurotransmitter. And you and I are seeing all around us how people are doing things that aren't very healthy to chase dopamine, to increase their dopamine. I mean, when people drink alcohol, their dopamine goes to like 400% higher than a healthy high dopamine would be. Um, And then of course it crashes and it may crash for the whole week after that. But we all chase dopamine. you know. Some of us get it from checking things off a list. I do some pretty weird things to chase dopamine, which also happen to have lots of good health effects. Like I get in my sauna and then I get in an ice bath. That might not be for you, but my point is we don't talk about this enough but drinking a nutrient dense green smoothie or juice or however you want to get greens and vegetables in your diet is actually giving you not just high dopamine levels but sustainable steady high dopamine levels that don't involve that spike and that crash like so many of the things that we see people all around us doing to chase dopamine so You know, we talk about all the health benefits of getting, you know, greens and microgreens or sprouts and vegetables—all the most nutrient-dense foods in our in our lifestyle. But since we've seen a lot more addiction in the last few years, I thought I'd mention that one of the top five answers I got in my 2009 study, where I put 175 new people on green smoothies, one of the top five answers was that people had a more stable, steadier mood. So let's talk about why this tower garden. You might see some really beautiful pictures of tower gardens. This is one I just grabbed off of social media. It's a regular person's tower garden, right? It looks a little bit messier. This is probably how my garden uh, is headed towards looking. It's not necessarily a great marketing picture, but um someone posted this and said, I'm going to take all these greens to the homeless shelter. And the ways I'm going to show you to use greens, which you probably already know if you've been following me for a long time, you're not going to have to take any of this to a homeless shelter. I'm all for helping the homeless, but I have worked in homeless shelters. And I hate to tell you this, but your greens would probably go there to die because that's not necessarily what um, the homeless are used to eating and the people in the kitchen aren't used to to cooking it, and they won't realize the labor of love that growing greens in your garden, uh, your vertical garden indoors is. And so, I'm going to show you how not a single shred of this needs to go to waste. But why is the tower garden right now? I think it is the number one most important preparedness investment that you could make. It's also sustainable. It's eco friendly. It's going to pay for itself. Um, like 150%, 200% in your first year, and then it's free after that almost. Um, And it's the easiest way to grow lots of your own food. That right there is a lot of green smoothies and salads or juice. So there's also so many different options for growing. And I just grabbed this picture too off of our new... Facebook group which is called Green Smoothie Girl Tower Gardeners make sure you join us and I just want to give you a quick tip that this look, might look like a pretty simple salad except that there are edible flowers in it which you could totally grow in your tower but what I would do with a salad like this if you want to make it a spectacular main dish that will make you very happy for dinner or for lunch and then by the time you go go to bed You have completely digested this meal. It was completely satisfying, kept your energy high. It helps you sleep better at night. You're completely done digesting it by the time you go to sleep so that when you're sleeping, you're actually resting, rebuilding, and repairing instead of digesting food, which is what a lot of people's dinner uh, isn't really digested by the time you go to bed. But here's what you do. Super quick, easy tips. Take any nuts. Okay, Some of you just got walnuts, almonds, pecans from our annual group buy. Just break up some of those wal- walnuts or pecans or chop up some avocado or uh, almonds, throw them in the salad, then take any piece of fruit. A mango is amazing. A piece of watermelon is amazing. You could cut up an orange. And then if you want to, cut up a whole avocado and put it in there. I think avocados are absolutely magical. I have eaten an entire avocado every day for months on end and not gained any weight. Those of us who grew up in the 80s thinking that fat was bad for us might be a little bit scared of avocados, but there's no reason to. It's one of the most perfect foods in nature. So then once you add those things, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of nuts, maybe an avocado, the texture with a salad is incredible. Then take three things and shake them up together and pour them over your salad. And that is any vinegar you've got on hand and any citrus juice you've got on hand, just squeeze that fruit and then a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. And doesn't matter which three you choose, you're going to have an absolutely magical dressing and you have unlimited variety because you can do just any number of combinations of those things. So I haven't done any edible flowers. I'm really not that fancy. I just have all kinds of greens and herbs growing in my tower garden. I'm going to do tomatoes and cucumbers next. I'll tell you more about that. But let me ask you, if you aren't growing your own food now, would you be interested in growing your own food? If this picture I also grabbed off of social media, if that little bunch of kale were available only sometimes, and if it were 12 bucks, would you want to grow your own food if that were the case? That's what the folks who sponsored me in Tower Garden live in Canada where they have nine months of ice all year. And they told me that last fall that sometimes their grocery store had no greens whatsoever. And when they did, they had $12 little wilted bunches of kale like this. Well, because my family owned a produce dealership, I can tell you that even 50 years ago, right when I was a little girl, we were warehousing stuff like kale and lettuce in warehouses and we kept them preserved with chemical gases for weeks. Okay, this kale right here was probably picked two and a half months ago. So our produce is sort of kept propped up so that you might be eating it two or three months after it was picked, wherever it was picked in the world. So would you be more interested in growing your own food if you knew that food inflation were 20% a year? By the way, my tower garden just kicked on. So if it sounds like a water feature in the background, that's kind of what it sounds like. kicks on about once an hour. It just sounds like a water feature that I have in my house. Would you be interested in growing your own food if you thought that inflation might go to 40% a year? What if you thought that a tub of spinach at Costco was going to be $25? Now, Do I know that for a fact? No, but I deal in probabilities and I think the probabilities are strong that our prices on food are going to go up. What if sometimes you couldn't get greens or herbs in the store at all? Would you be interested in growing your own food if you didn't trust that what your lived experience has been, which is that your average grocery store that you can go to five of within 10 minutes in your car wouldn't necessarily have 30,000 items in it or 40,000 items in it, which is your average grocery store. I mean, you think about it, we have lived in a remarkable time in history. And most Americans do not consider that this may not be our future, even if it was our past. So what, what would it do to your interest in growing some of your own food if farms in your country were being mostly sold off? And that a lot of the people who are buying the Big, huge farms are selling them to large corporations that might be using that land for something other than growing food. But this is really exciting. Would you be interested in growing your own food if you could do it all indoors? What if you could do it with 90% less space and 98% less water? Because the water is constantly on recirculate. What if you could do it three times faster than growing your food outside? And what if the yields were an average of 30% more than food grown outside? And what if you could do it without working for hours on your knees? Would that motivate you? And also, what about the fact that a lot of people live in an apartment or a condo? And even if you don't live in an apartment or a condo, If you live in a townhouse or even a single family home, most people live under an HOA. And I'll tell you what, those homeowners associations have gotten very restrictive. When we moved here to Florida, we absolutely loved the 20 months that we lived in a condo, but we sold it because of the HOA. We got tired of the living under collectivism where other people decide how we can live. I guarantee you that my tower garden would not have... Been allowed out on my screened porch. What if you could grow your food for far less than the $1,500 that I spent on my garden in Park City, Utah? When March of 2020 hit, first we were all locked down, everybody had more time, we are going stir crazy at home. So a lot of people did projects, they took on something new. Well, we went to Home Depot and we got all the stuff to build a square foot garden and planted everything and weeded it all. And guess what happened? Right as I had just picked my first tomato, it froze. And that is when I figured out why I had never seen a garden before in the three years before that, that I had lived in Park City. Well, everybody else knew what I apparently had to learn the hard way, which is the growing season is too short. So that brings me to the final point which is when you grow your food in a tower garden indoors, you can do it even in the coldest climates. Like I said, my sponsors in this live in Canada with nine months of the year that you can't plant plant anything outside. So that rules out your cucumbers and your tomatoes, your fruiting vegetables, um, pretty much all your fruit trees. So indoors using a tower garden, you can get a lot of food that you produce yourself That is incredibly fresh and nutrient dense, no matter how cold your climate is, which I think is really exciting. And what if, this is a little groove that I'm getting in, I'm training myself to do this. What if you could plant six crops in a year, no matter what the weather was outside? So you start your seedlings so that they're ready to come on right as you've finished picking your kale, your cart, collards, your chard, your spinach. You've got new seedlings ready to go in. If you do that and you time it right, you can literally get six full crops in one year. And you don't have to amend the soil and bring in all these inputs because there's no dirt involved. So this slide right here shows you a University of Mississippi 2014 study that shows the increased yield growing on a tower garden versus the same crops outdoors. And you can see that red kale had a 65% increase in yield compared to the same crop grown outside. And then the lowest one is charred. But look at the squash had a 50% increase. So they average out to be about 30% more yield on the vertical aeroponic tower garden versus outdoor gardening. They discovered that crops grow three times faster Um, according to a NASA study. um, And they found that there is an equivalent nutrient density. And they tested three very broad ranges of micronutrients, which include the families of the phenolics, the flavonoids, and the whole class of antioxidants. So that's pretty exciting is that you can get just as good a nutrition on your indoor tower garden. And again, I don't know how I could overemphasize this. You can literally do six crops back to back per year. So vertical aeroponic tower gardening, big words, versus outdoor gardening. You don't have to do any soil amendments because you're not using soil at all. You're not having to work on your hands and knees. You don't have any back strain. You're not having to get bitten by 80 fire ants like I did last fall. Boy, I didn't, I didn't even know what fire ants were until I got bitten by 80 of them, like on a six-inch area of my knee. That was that was great fun, and it literally had blisters all over my knees for, or my knee for like a week, and my knee swelled up to be twice as big as normal. <laughs> Doesn't happen with my tower garden. Um, it takes 90 percent less space. These same crops grown on the ground. Would take that much more space and it takes 98% less water because of the recirculation. It also takes 60% less fertilizer because the fertilizer is in the water and it just keeps recirculating. Maybe you heard mine recirculating in the background. And it also requires no herbicide or glyphosate or Roundup at all. And you might think, well, I don't spray that on my outdoor crops either. Right, that's true. And that's one thing I like about my indoor gardening is that I don't have to share my chard that the caterpillars eat two thirds of. So you're literally with your tower garden growing money. And my estimate is that the bounty that comes off of one tower is worth about $300. So if you grow six crops in a year, that's about $1,800. So in one year... In um, paying off your Tower Garden, you're already fifty percent ahead, and then you don't have to pay any more for it. It's besides the fertilizer, it's, it's and the the seeds, which the seeds are super cheap, and you can store them. It's pretty much free. So, in addition to growing these amazing plants with all their nutrient density, you're also growing really strong immune function for yourself and your family. You're growing stronger bones and tissue. You're growing strong organs and systems. Like I said, one of the top answers, what people told me after drinking uh, green smoothies, 175 people told me is that to have a more stable mood. And what we're building overall is just stronger resilience in our health. We would all love to avoid the, the diseases that we see causing so much misery all around us. And this tower is full of preventative medicine. I don't know how many of you have ever gardened with a child but it is um, this is a very old picture. This is my daughter Mary Elizabeth aka Libby and she was always my gardening buddy the other kids would uh, do it if they had to but she always wanted to and this um little thing that she and I bonded over and did together she has carried forward into her adult life and she wants to be. Food self sufficient. She wants, she lives in an apartment, but she always manages to find a place to grow food. Um, And one of the things that I would do with my kids is I would always plant radishes, even though I think that radishes are basically the worst vegetable ever. Um, And I would be totally happy if I went the rest of my life without eating a radish. But the reason I had my kids plant radishes is that you plant the seed in the ground and four weeks later, you've got radishes on the dinner table. Four weeks. So I did that because. Kids have a short attention span and they still remember four weeks later planting it. And they're so mind blown when food that they created shows up on the dinner table. And another thing I did with my kids is something that my mom did, which is if Libby had a hand in growing those radishes, then as we serve them or they were in the salad, I would say, this salad with or these radishes are compliments of Libby. And of course, you're your kid gets a big smile and takes some pride in having helped provide for the family. So great training for life. Um, it's the law of the harvest, right? You reap what you sow. And it's a great metaphor for life too. So I always try to talk to my kids about these kinds of things. It's more than just food. It's also we reap what we sow in everything that we do in life, right? Um, A lot of people tell me, oh, my children won't eat healthy food. Well, I'll tell you what, if they grow it, if they had a hand in producing that food, I bet they'll eat that radish, even as terrible as radishes are. So, and probably some of you like radishes. But it's also a kind of education for children that they can't get from books and they're not getting in school. So you can't just read a book about it and check it off your list and say, great, my child learned this. You literally learn by doing, you learn with your hands in the dirt, so to speak. So, is your tower garden inside better than soil gardening outside? Um, This is a picture of John next to our garden about six weeks ago. It's going crazy now. The squash is growing up, we have a trellis in it now. And so I grow food outside too, and we like doing that. And I don't like working outside in the garden between June and September in Florida. But if I'm going to have work I need to do out there, I just get out there at 6am or I go out when it's getting dark. Um, And I've really been learning a lot about permaculture gardening. I've always done organic gardening, but um, learning how to use bark chips to spread it across the soil so that it retains the moisture. and all that water doesn't evaporate and it also decomposes and becomes part of the soil. This class isn't about permaculture gardening because not everybody can. Not everybody can grow outside. Not everybody has a yard. Um, Like I said, there's HOA issues. So the tower garden nutrition formula is not certified organic, but I am going to, after my full harvest on my first tower garden and documenting it with pictures, my second attempt is going to be using Green Smoothie Girls Ultimate Minerals. Now, some of you know and use and love Ultimate Minerals. Your hair grows twice as fast. Your fingernails grow twice as fast. The dark circles under your eyes may clear up. It certainly did for me when I started using it 16 years ago. It's 90 plus organic minerals and trace minerals. And I am going to try using it in the water in my tower garden. So stand by for that. I will definitely share the results of my experiment with you. But meantime, the nutrients for tower garden is the same kind of thing that is going on all of the food that's being grown, including your organic produce. Organic produce is still grown with this nitrogen fertilizer. So... More thoughts on that subject. Your produce that's grown in the store, like I said, is grown with a very similar formula. They can't spray your organic produce with with glyphosate or Roundup, but the farm next door can, which blows over onto it, right? Um, But they can use this kind of of, uh, fertilizer. So another thing I like about the idea of growing aeroponically inside is that it's not getting the chemtrail fallout. You probably are aware that airplanes are leaving these big trails in the sky. Um, The story we're being told is that it's to block the sun to prevent global warming. I'm not entirely sure about that. But that stuff is falling out into our soil. And it's uh, roundup is getting into our groundwater and into our soil. So you completely avoid that. Um, with the way you grow in your tower garden. I will say some things grow best outside. Uh, if you try to grow a beet in that tower garden, it, you better get it out before it breaks your little port in there. So there's some things that that you really should grow outside, like root vegetables and stuff like that. So these are three pictures of my first debut of my tower garden. I started here with this stuff is called rock wool, and I just put a seed in. And then I put a few pieces of vermiculite on top of that. Then you just put it in the thing they send you here. All this comes in the kit. Most everything you see here, get it really, really wet. And you just wait a few days and then you'll see the sprout come up. It was very exciting. I called these my babies. And then the second picture is you can see that I put my babies in the tower. And they're just getting started there. And then four weeks later, this is my tower on the right side. This is when I haven't picked anything yet. I actually still haven't picked anything yet, but this picture is about a week ago. And this is the week that I'm going to start eating food off of this tower garden. And I'm also going to start over with step one here. I'm going to start sprouting some more so that when these guys are spent and I've eaten everything on it, I've got new seedlings ready to go. So because you'll ask, I will tell you, how to never let any of your produce go to waste. Nothing wrong with giving it to the the food and care, the shelter, um, the homeless, but it really might go bad there. And so maybe find somebody who needs it and says they actually want it rather than dropping it off, but you actually can use it all. And one way is with a juicer. And this is my favorite juicer. It's the Breville. I've had a Champion juicer, and it's like an hour process from the from getting stuff out of the fridge to having it cleaned up. I've also had a Cadillac of juicers, the Norwalk, and I ended up sending selling it to a juicer um, shop uh, that makes fresh juices because it was just too labor intensive. Uh, and the thing I love about the Breville is the stuff doesn't get heated. And the whole process takes like 10 minutes. Completely amazing. Absolutely love my Breville. From the, the cleanup is just amazing how quick it is. And making the juice itself is like 90 seconds. I'm not even kidding. So I like to juice cucumbers, celery, ginger, and I throw in a whole lime, including the peel. That's my standard juice. Sometimes I'll add some carrots or some beets. But with greens, I actually really prefer to blend it. Then you're not throwing away all that fiber. You really lose a lot with greens if you juice them. And so if I had to choose one of these two things, I'd choose the blend tech because um, the lack of fiber in the American diet is one of our biggest problems. And with the blend tech, you're getting all of the fiber. And, and you know, your grandmother may have called it roughage. But it's actually more than roughage. It's not just that insoluble fiber that's like a broom sweeping out your gastrointestinal tract. It's also the soluble fiber, which is mopping up toxins, binding to toxins and removing them from your body through your gastrointestinal tract. So both kinds of fiber are important. And so if push came to shove, even though I love both of these tools, I would pick the blender. So these are five... Um, slides that if you get anxious, maybe you want to turn the sound off. I'm going to go through sort of the bad news here, but it'll be quick. I'll fly right through it. I'm going to talk really fast, but there are some serious challenges for food security in the world. And after I get through these five slides, I'll go right back to the happy stuff. But one of them is that we have drought that's going to affect most of our growers, especially in the West and the Southwest. Now, Utah, this last year, has had record snowfall. But we have had many periods in the 30 plus years that I lived there raising my children. We had many long droughts with water restrictions. Everybody's lawn turned brown. Southern Utah has really scary uh, water problems. So is California, Arizona, all of that. A ton of our crops are grown in California where they fired the water boards and hired people who don't know anything about water, who that's not even their professional background. And they've actually, after spending tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money, they have actually released tens of millions of gallons of retained water into the ocean. Can't explain it. I don't understand it, but it's just exacerbating the problem that causes the fires and the water restrictions. Some farmers have been so water restricted that some of them have gone under or made no profit, and they're on the verge of going under, we've become so Americanized that we think that food happens by magic. And we think that the 30,000 items in the grocery store will last forever. Where I raised my children in Southern Utah County, um, my ex-boyfriend was set to take over the family farm. He was going to be the seventh generation who had come from Iceland to farm that to farm on that farm and they had never made very much money. He grew up in total poverty and he was in his thirties and going to be the heir apparent because he was the only one of five children interested in farming. And his parents were offered so much money by a bunch of people. They were constantly being approached to sell the farm. His parents sold the farm for millions of dollars out from under him. So he went from early in his life, having no central heir, they would eat food from unlabeled cans uh, to being millionaires after they've lost their health in their 70s. And here's the kicker about that whole thing is that they don't even know who they sold to. I asked him who he sold to. He said, not only do we not know who we sold to, but we were the last ones in Southern Utah County to sell. We were the last holdouts. So I think that his parents felt very bad because they knew that he was really excited about farming. And it was some corporation that they sold it, to, sold it to. And there's probably a corporation with a corporation behind that and another corporation behind that. So you never even know who the people are that you sold your farm to or what they're going to do with that land. So the way we've been farming, you can look at this farm here and just see that it's farmland as far as I can see. We have for decades now been planting the same crop some three sometimes four crops in a year they don't even consider leaving a field fallow and doing stuff to it to amend the soil anymore um i know that lyle considers a really successful year when you can get a fourth crop of alfalfa out of the same land well how do they do that they do it with nitrogen additives And they're farming in dead soil. It's just basically a placeholder for the seed. And then the nitrogen fertilizer raises it to maturity. And that's what we're doing all over the United States. I don't know if you saw the headlines in 2020, but the United Nations was predicting famines of, quote, biblical proportions. And you may think, well, that's not happening here and aren't we blessed that it isn't, but it actually is happening all over the world. Okay, almost done here. But the globalists, the global elites, the people who've been calling on the shots since 2020, the people we didn't elect, they really want everybody to stop eating meat. They've been very clear about this. I'm not making a conspiracy theory here. They've said it many times and in many ways, and they've taken a lot of actions toward that end we should expect that animal products will become scarce and expensive. If our government is uh, in control or if the globalists are in control of our government or have heavy influence on our government, all that would have to do is get rid of the heavy subsidies for both meat and dairy. But in the years 2020 to 2022, many entire herds of cows and pigs were slaughtered. And you might think, well, I'm still able to buy cows and pigs, right, because they basically commandeered every refrigerator and freezer they could get their hands on. So the storage capacity was maxed. But eventually we hit the back end of that. Tens of millions of chickens were ordered to be killed off by the chicken ranchers due to the government said it was an avian flu. And even though it didn't have any impact on human health, they ordered the wholesale slaughter of tens of millions of chickens. Um, some things are getting expensive. Uh, feed and energy, oil and gas. I know Lyle has hundreds of gallons of um, diesel gas on his farm, but that's like a few weeks. Um, right now, gas prices are going back up. So the, the growing input. Are becoming scarce. Uh, Fertilizer is becoming scarce with the war in Russia and Ukraine. So this may be another reason why the farmers um, are considering selling or are selling um, just like this friend of mine. So I personally think that one of the best defenses against all this stuff that's going on in the world is learning to both eat and grow more plants. Not only is that a good defense against food insecurity, but it's also so important for your health. And there's a lot of talk lately about how if we can't get hamburgers, because that is certainly a possibility, then you have to eat fake burgers. Or I like to call him Cricket Burger Bill. Uh, He's making these fake plant-based burgers. Uh, I'm talking about Bill Gates. They've been tested to have 500% more glyphosate, um, which is Roundup than other food. And I just want to point out that I don't eat fake burgers or real burgers. And I love my food and I have really delicious food and I'm not a rabbit and I don't just, just eat green smoothies. I have a fantastic diet and I don't eat either one and I don't feel left out. But famines are actually our current reality. There are many parts of the world that are suffering with famines. Um, but the American media doesn't want to report on it because they just want to keep us all calm and clueless and not panicking about stuff. Uh, Inflation—we've all seen it. They tell us that the CPI, which is a basket of goods that they base the official government num- numbers, they tell us that the CPI is eight percent a year. But I think that we can all look around and see that food and gas have gone up more than eight percent of. A year. In fact, some people call the CPI or the consumer price index the CP lie. Is inflation going to get better or worse? Well, I hope it gets better. And the chairman of the Federal Reserve wants it to get better and is increasing interest rates to bring inflation down. But ideal in probabilities, not certainties. I'm not going to make a prediction here, but I think from what I can tell that inflation looks to me more like it's about double what they tell us it is in the form of the CPI. And my guess is that it's not going to slow down, not not for long. We have banks failing. We have five banks failing at the time that I'm telling you this. Um, We have First Republic Bank that has lost 98% of its stock value. It'll be the biggest bank yet to fail in this Whole thing and the government bailouts, where they print money to bail out these banks, it's got to have an impact on inflation. Make your dollar uh, not stretch as far. The Federal Reserve has increased interest rates eleven times since the beginning of 2022. Fastest interest rate hikes in history. Um, By the time you hear this, it will probably be a twelfth time. Will be there will be a small increase is what most of the analysts think. And then they intend to keep interest rates high. So what does that have to do with you? Well, pretty much all these businesses around you have to roll over their debt sometime this year. And it means that the days of free and cheap money are either over or they are a long way off. So again, the media doesn't tell you much about any of this stuff because their objective is to avoid panic and keep us all quietly watching our Netflix. Our media's objective isn't really to inform us. So I told my staff about the Romney Produce Company that my family ran for three generations. um, And then the people who bought it from my grandparents actually went bankrupt. And so I told them about it and I was amazed that one of my team actually came up with this logo for my family's business. But I'm here to tell you that even 50 years ago, that we were gassing and waxing vegetables to keep them in the supply chain as long as possible. Because if it went bad in our warehouse, we lost money. So what you grow on your tower or in your yard is amazingly more nutritious than the stuff that sat in a warehouse for weeks. And then was trucked somewhere on a semi. Preparedness is really useful, not only so that you're actually prepared, but also just to give you some peace of mind. I don't think any of us need to panic. I think we're all going to be okay. But I think we would be wise to be prepared. There's no reason to be standing in bread lines. And that's, you know, that happened, what, 90 years ago, I don't think it's going to work like that this time. If it gets that bad, then you'll probably have some little digital passport that gives you some allotment of food. I would rather provide my own food, especially the food that I know keeps me healthy. So that's it. Now you know the risks that we're facing. I doubt that was new to very very many of you. So what will you do with that information? Preparedness can mean a lot of things. I have a whole other webinar where I go through boom, 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 a bunch of things you can do that are free or very inexpensive preparedness can be a lot of things but number one and number two have to be clean water and the ability to provide your own food food is always the biggest problem in any economic collapse so is the tower garden expensive well like i said i spent 1500 bucks on my park city utah square foot garden and i got nothing from it i did bring some of the parts on the u haul which got driven 2,700 miles and relocating. So I'm reusing some of it, but I couldn't bring the dirt and stuff with me. And I could have had two tower gardens for that price. So the tower garden home is something like $700. The flex is something like $1,020 in US dollars. There are some add-ons. So I think it's actually going to cost you more than that. I'll show you the optional items in a minute here. But what's really cool is, again, you can grow six crops a year versus my one failed crop in Park City. And if you get on a payment plan and pay it off in a year with monthly payments, there's no interest and there's no charge to um, use the financing. So, might as well just get on monthly payments. So, let's look at some pictures of some tower gardens. This is fun. This is a little seedling right here. And it's growing in the rock wool, So this is where you'll start. You put a little seed in there and about a week later, you'll have something that looks like this. You'll see some different ideas for where they can go, but you can see there's snow outside the window on this thriving tower right here. This one is up on the top of a building. I don't know, this might be a marketing picture, but my Canadian sponsor in Tower Garden is setting up a 300-tower garden at the top of a building in a greenhouse in Canada where, like I said, it's too cold to grow anything nine months a year, 300 towers. Can you imagine any of those of you who want to get involved in the mission of this or have a side hustle, a little business on the side, if you get as excited about this as I am, You might go to restaurants and pitch them on growing their own food behind a glass wall. This is perfect for restaurants who want to do tower to table, for instance. Um, This right here is a picture of someone who has put their water in the base. You're looking at the base of the tower and then she's putting in her nutrients and then you just set it and forget it can set it on a timer and go on vacation for a week and everything's fine. You're going to come back and have a big harvest. But besides that, you don't have to do anything. So here's a bunch of pictures and they are quite lovely and lots of variety. But you really do get this kind of bounty off of a very small amount of space. This is the food for the plants. It's a proprietary blend of inorganic earth, and also sea minerals. Um, By inorganic, we don't mean that it is some kind of synthetic chemical. We mean that it is not necessarily plant-based. Sometimes ancient plant deposits turn to shale or rock, but apparently that works to grow plants. That's what's in the nutrient blends that is growing all the food you already buy at the grocery store. So these minerals are excavated from deep within the earth. They exist in a form and a location that is uncontaminated by modern pollutants. And this nutrient blend contains over 60 minerals and trace minerals. And it was studied by the University of Mississippi, to the branch of the FDA. So here is the actual blend itself. And what I think is interesting here is that you've got blend A and blend B, and your instructions will tell you when to use which. But if you add that up, the nitrogen, calcium, and iron in blend A, it's only three and a half percent. So that means that this is about 96 and a half percent water. And this is what I have found. And when I made Ultimate Minerals, I started with another company's product and had great results with it. But then I started looking at, hey, what's really in here? And I discovered that it was about like this, about 97% water, which means you're spending a lot of money to ship water across the country to buy it, right? So I'm going to do an experiment and I'm going to use ultimate minerals because our ultimate minerals is like, if you took any more water out of it, it would be a solid. And so I'm going to do an experiment where I use a small amount of ultimate minerals in the water because. That way I don't have something that's diluted with water. So, and this one over here, this one's like four and a half percent minerals. No, it's seven and a half percent minerals and the rest of it is most likely water. Yep, it is water. So how does it work? First thing you do, you grow your plants in a soilless medium called rock wool. You can also use other things like a thing called cocoa Core. Um, next, the reservoir at the bottom stores the plant nutrient solution, which is just water and you add some nutrients. Third, you can see there that the solution cascades down the tower garden down inside the middle and it's nourishing the plants. So the water and the nutrients are bathing the roots of the plant about every hour. And then in as little as four weeks, your plants are harvest ready. So it's made with green technology. It's made in the USA, which is great because trade relations are breaking down with a lot of different countries. It's approved by the USDA. It is double UV stabilized. So that's good if you're going to put it in the sun. Um, You can use the Flex. You You can choose between home and Flex, and I'll show you that in a minute. But the plastic they use is very durable, heavy plastic, food grade safe, because I know that many of you are concerned about, about leaching. And so it's those cheap plastics you really need to worry about, like the ones that they sell you water in, the water bottles. Um, and the system is closed, recycles 100% of the nutrients and water. I had someone tell me the other day, well, I want one of these, but I want it made out of wood. Well, here's the problem is that if it was made out of wood, for that wood to be protected and not break down in a year from the constant water running in it, you would have to put a moisture barrier, which would be some really terrible chemicals. So personally, me, I would much rather have a very thick, durable plastic. So these are the kind of crops that do really well. In the tower, you can see lettuces of all types, kale, Swiss chard, spinach, arugula, cress, radicchio, pak choi, Of so some of the cabbages would do great. All your herbs will do great. Um, this says that tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers will do better outdoors. I have seen plenty of pictures of people who are growing those crops in their tower garden. They get kind of leggy. If you're going to do that, you want to probably get a cage that goes around your tower garden so it has a place to kind of sprawl out. And also, when you join our Facebook group, we'll show you some seeds, some variants that you can buy of tomatoes and cucumbers where the plant won't get quite so big. The tomatoes and the cucumbers are smaller as well, but it's just probably better for growing indoors on your tower. I'm definitely going to do it uh, because my goal is that I'm eating vine-ripened tomatoes and cucumbers in December and January here next year. So you have two options. You can get the home, which is entirely indoor. I've got one right now between my kitchen and living room. And whoever comes over to my house, they don't notice my cute beach... um, decorating. They just noticed this like rocket ship looking thing that has amazing food growing all over it. That's all anybody sees when they come in my house and they get very excited about it and they want to know about it. And they're going to do the same with yours. But the one that's going to stay inside the house is called home. And the one that can go indoors or outdoors is called flex. So I actually think that my two homes, I think I got the wrong, I put the wrong one at both houses but we'll work with it neither one of them i I think i'm just going to keep both of them indoors all the time just keep the lights on them but the home has uh ports for 32 plants and you can get an extension on the top that gives you 16 baby green ports so you can do 16 regular ports and 16 baby green ports So with the baby greens, you're just going to pick them early, and that's when they're the most nutritious, anyway. And then the flex, you have twenty, you have space for twenty full size plants. So you're trying to get the most out of your home, which is grown growing entirely indoors. But the flex gives you the ability to wheel that guy outside and just let the sun do the job. Take the lights off after it gets a start for a few weeks and just take it outside if the if the weather's nice all right so the home unit has built-in wheels on it it has you can get the baby greens extension kit for another 16 ports there's a water level uh you can pay a little extra and get clips to help you with something that is vining. There's an optional support cage. Like I said, the support cage, it goes on the outside of it. If you're going to do some, something that's vining and you need more space and it kind of needs something to climb on, you might want to get the support cage. And then I think really everyone should get the LED grow lights because that's how you're going to get six crops a year is that any time of year, doesn't matter how cold it is outside, doesn't matter how hot it is outside. I mean, I can't grow lettuce or spinach to save my life from June to September here in Florida. Just forget about it. Don't even bother because it just bolts. It's too hot. Actually, it was like that in Utah too. So the flex unit here looks a little bit different. You see how that guy is flat right there. I think I forgot to show you that I had microgreens. With this one, my flex unit, I can put my trays of microgreens at the bottom and then I'm getting more out of the lights. But microgreens. Um, are my new hobby too. And I have trays of microgreens. I think I forgot to point that out when I showed you those pictures. But for this flex unit, because it doesn't have wheels on the bottom, you can get that little dolly there. That's the optional wheels to be able to move it. Um, You see that cage there? It's probably kind of small on your screen, but it matches the whole tower. You can get the optional extension kit. You can get the optional baby greens kit. Or you can get them all, get them both in combination there with the extension. And then the optional LED grow lights, which like I said, pretty much everybody gets them. That way you can get started year round. So whichever one you order, every growing system comes with some seed starting supplies. So you're going to get some of those rock wool cubes and you're going to get that tray to get them started there. Uh, you're gonna get some vermiculite to put on top of your seeds and the net pots that you're gonna put in, in your little ports. They're gonna send you a pump and a timer and a drain tube. Okay, that's just all parts of your tower. And the timer lets you just set it so that it the lights come on, maybe stay on 12 to 16 hours a day. I've got mine on 16 hours a day. Your plants will grow faster if you do. You're going to get your first set of mineral blends, the plant food, and a measuring cup. I'm told that the mineral blend will last you about seven months, growing continuously. You're going to get a pH test kit and one bottle each of pH adjusters. So if you're a little too alkaline or you're a little too acidic, you'll add the right one. And then they give you a starter pack of seeds. So some of the things they send are arugula, bib lettuce, rainbow chard, gourmet lettuces, dino kale, sweet basil. And then after that you can branch out and there's several different organic heirloom seed companies that I like. Annie's is one. They have such a wide variety of crops that you can choose from. But um, look for organic and heirloom. If it's heirloom, then nobody has messed with it. There hasn't been any genetic modification going on. And if it's organic, then nobody has sprayed these plants that the seeds came from with glyphosate or Roundup. So here's what it'll cost you if you get on monthly payments. And here's what you would get is, so the home is the base unit is 725. The LED lights for either one is 325. Um, They are rated for, I believe, five thousand hours. We'll get to that in a minute. Which, whatever it is, I I calculated it to be about eight and a half years of it being on sixteen hours a day. Um, you'll, if you ordered the baby greens, it's included with the home. It costs extra over on the flex, and you already have wheels with it. So eighty-seven fifty a month. For a year, if you're ordering the home, if you order the flex, your twelve monthly payments, six hundred and seventy base unit, three hundred twenty five lights, and then if you add the baby greens extension and the dolly and the support cage, your total is going to be thirteen hundred dollars. You can you can totally pay it in full if you want to, but doesn't cost any extra to get on monthly payments. So. LED lights are these flexible arm fixtures. You can see them on right here. They're energy efficient. Um, Yeah, they're rated for, say, 5,000 hours. I meant 50,000 hours. One amp, 125 watts, 60 hertz. So based on these calculations here on your screen, it might cost you about $6.40 a month, something like that. And then the company who owns Tower Garden is Juice Plus. They are a company that's over 50 years old. If you're interested in joining us in the mission of this, I am probably way more excited about the mission than anything else. If I can be part of helping more people grow, if I get a chance to talk about growing and gardening and what to do with your greens once you grow them and get more people making green smoothies, I'm very excited about it. So Juice Plus has a lot of third-party clinical research, um, lots of peer-reviewed scientific journal articles published, um, over 40 independent clinical studies on their supplements. I'm really here for the Tower Garden, but there's lots more to it. So here's our link to order your Tower Garden. It's at greensmoothiegirlcom slash Tower Garden. And if you need help with anything, including ordering, Um, or helping others or getting started with a business opportunity, make sure you reach out to us. Uh, My staff is amazing. They've all been with me for many years. You can reach us at support at greensmoothiegirl.com. But if you're on Facebook, my staff is also very responsive on the Green Smoothie Girl uh, Facebook page. And like I said, we have a brand new page on Facebook. i think we only have like 130 people on it so far so come join us uh what it should say here is green smoothie girl tower gardeners is what the facebook group is so i'm very very excited to support as many people who want to start increasing their nutrient density making their health more resilient um growing their own food at home, becoming more prepared, and even maybe a business opportunity for some of you. So thank you for sharing this time with me and for hearing me out on something that I think is the most important thing you could do for your health and for your preparedness. And I will see you next time.